Hey, B. Mm-hmm. Can I ask you a question? Always. What's the one thing when we travel that we always make sure we find? Oh, coffee. You know, bad coffee makes my brain angry. And we've been a lot of places. We've had a lot of coffee. But when we're home, there's only one place that we get coffee from. Yeah. Hacienda Real in Costa Rica. We found this place when we were in Costa Rica a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. And it's a micro roastery using only Costa Rican beans. Their blend is a mix of Arabica and Peaberry. And if you don't know about Peaberry, you need to find out about it because mm. it is amazing. It takes all the bitterness out. All the bitterness out. And we place orders and it's shipped directly to our door. You can get light, medium, or dark roast. You can get ground. You can get whole bean. And it is roasted to order. So there is a date stamped on your coffee so you know when it was roasted and bagged. It's good for a year after you order it. And it is the best coffee that we have ever had. So click the link in our show notes or go to goldenbean.net and use the offer code COFCHR20 for 10% off your order. Hacienda Real. Keep your brain happy. Hey, Dante. Hey, B. Looking pretty smart in your undies. Thanks. I've been doing my deads. <laughs> oh, I can see that. But it's not just what's in them. It's what's on them. Oh yeah, I got on my smart-ass undies. They're not just super comfy. They've got cheeky motivations on them that keep me in the right state of mind. Oh yeah, like we could all use a little brain lift these days, am I right? They're also lovingly made from sustainable, low-impact materials. So we can love the planet and cover our asses all at the same time. Motivate your ass with smart-ass undies. Click the link in the show notes or on the Things We Love page on our website. And remember to enter the discount code CHEATINGONFEAR10 for 10% off your order. Smart ass undies. Cheeky and comfy. Hi everyone, this is Dante. And I'm Beatrice. And this is Cheating on Fear. It is. Welcome back. Welcome back, everyone. So, slight update programming note type thing yeah after much more discussion than i wanted to have on the topic (laughs) we have decided to switch to a bi-weekly release schedule is this is this part of your campaign to make everything bi is that (laughs) i feel like the world would be a better place if if it it was all bi your bi campaign (laughs) So yeah, so we'll have this one and then the next episode will be two weeks from this one. Yes. And then And I you know, not that not that you have to explain yourself, but I, I kinda want to a little bit. Okay. We started this podcast at the height of the pandemic mm-hmm. and we were both working from home for the most part and couldn't there wasn't, go out and do there anything. There wasn't a whole lot to do. And so it was a lot easier to, you know, book guests and do research and all of those things and get together because we don't live together as those of you who listen on any regular basis know and i mean hey if things start to go backwards then we don't know maybe but as for right now we're just finding it a challenge to get episodes out every week the kind of episodes that we would like to release and that you are and 
used to and that you deserve. So we're for the time being, we are going to switch to a bi-weekly schedule. So we will be releasing an episode every other week. Instead of every week. Instead of every week. Cool. Unless something mind-blowing happens. Unless some, Yeah, unless something huge happens and we just need to talk to you about it right now. Obviously, we're still here, so feel free to inbox us at infoonshadingofear.com yep. or through Instagram or Twitter. We're still here. We're just giving some more time to work on stuff in between episodes. So, okay. yeah. So, we just want to let you guys know that. So, today, mm-hmm. we are back <laughs> with installment number four. Yeah. See, look how fast that's going. It's super fast. <laughs> We've now just made it twice as long. Not <laughs> well. That's true. And our, our next episode will be a break from Sex in the City. We're gonna yeah do something in between. Yeah. and uh, we have some actually great guests. Yeah, September's gonna be really great for guests for recording. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know when you're gonna hear them, but we have some some really good guests coming up. So we're excited about that. But as of today, we are looking at revisiting. Season four of Sex and the City. Okay. And I just wanted to say, we started calling this revisit and just like that before we realized that the reboot is called just like and just like that. Oh my God. Is it really? Yes. Wow. You're just realizing that now, I guess. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't know. I didn't, I didn't know <laughs> yeah, the name of what this, Sex the, and the City the, reboot the, was being The called. new series, the series reboot is called and just like that. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. So I just like we, you heard Synergy, it here first. Man. Yeah, I mean, huh. I'm still, I'm still gonna like be mad as I watch it. Well, but... didn't you didn't you just rewatch the first movie? I did. This last week, I did rewatch the first I don't know movie. What? I cried and yeah. cried and cried and cried and <laughs> cried and cried. I don't know. I don't know if I don't. I don't know if it was like a hormonal surge that brought that on. I don't know, but yeah, and maybe that's why because I'd been reading so much about the reboot and the back and forth of the real or imagined feud between mm. Sarah Jessica Parker and Kim Cattrall. Some people say it's real. Some people say it doesn't. They, you know, some people have denied it. Other people have come down on one side or another. I feel like it's probably real, mm-hmm. but it's, I could see why people have such a hard time because their on-screen chemistry is generally very, very good. Yeah. And if you hate somebody as much as that feud makes it sound, how do you then have these super genuine moments unless you are the best actors on the planet? Which is possible. Which is possible. It seems like... And this is the thing. There's always ulterior motives for people, right? So Mm -hmm. if you are in the reboot... Does it make sense for you to say, oh, yeah, like there was always shit going on between they're going to be like, no, everything we don't understand. Everything was always great. And uh, like, mm, you know, know, like you you want you want nothing but positive press about this project that y'all are doing. Publicity is good publicity. Uh, Yeah, that's probably true in this case. Anything to get people talking about. Yeah. What I hope won't be but probably will be a gong show of a reboot and the timeline that i read for this feud real or imagined was july 2021 like it's they've dug all this stuff back up in time for you know press about the reboot so it's like a timeline of the feud but i remember i remember that when the second movie came out there was a lot of chatter about yeah how kim cattrall didn't want to be in it no and I mean, 
in retrospect, you can she see was why. right. Yeah, the the script is a piece of garbage. Mm-hmm. And this is the thing. I, maybe that's why I wanted to watch the first movie again because it's so good. The first movie was a. I feel like the first movie was where they should because that wrapped up. Yeah, pretty much. The, the series and resolved a bunch of storylines. Mm-hmm. And then that was like a nice little bow. And then mm-hmm. boop, done. We're all set. Instead, they came back for the payday and did yeah. a absolute fucking... Yeah, it, it was like, I am not interested in any iteration where they bring Aiden back. Like, what's, gonna, what's Sex in the City 3 going to be? Where they bring Burger back? Like, oh my suck God. my Can dick on imagine? that one. No. Well, no. you mentioned Aiden. Yeah. Because isn't that... Where where are we at the start of season four? So at the beginning of season four, at the end of season three, we see Charlotte get married to Trey. Yes. And she's terrified to do that because they tried to have sex the night before their wedding. And his dick and didn't work. His dick didn't work. And Carrie confesses her affair with Big to Aiden and he breaks up with her. On the morning of the wedding. The morning, on the way to the wedding. On the way to the wedding. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of where we leave where we leave it. There's not really, you know, tons of shit going on with Miranda and Samantha, but that that'll change. And so we open season four with Samantha wanting to make a big deal out of Carrie's birthday. Okay. And she makes a reservation at this really nice restaurant and everybody's supposed to come. And celebrate her birthday. Because she was, you know, she's kind of smarting from the breakup with Aiden. And she's like, I don't really want a big deal for my birthday. Celebrate my birthday. Was it a big birthday or was it just a birthday? No, it wasn't a big birthday. Okay. It was just, you know, it was just a, bir- birthday, a birthday. Yeah. And I feel like it's 35. Anyway. And it's like, oh, she's a baby. So she's like, all right. And, you know, Samantha convinces her. And so she goes to her birthday party. And, of course, it's this table of eight. Mm-hmm. And there's this weird rule that comes up again in new york where they won't seat you until you're or they won't start anything until your your entire party is there but in this this time she actually she's sitting at the table and it's like a little plot device to Mm -hmm. show her sitting at this giant table and no one shows up so she waits and it's five minutes 10 minutes 20 minutes an hour and she's like fuck it you know fuck it so she goes home and she's completely dejected right she's and she's getting older. She's alone. She's alone. She's making bad decisions. She didn't want a thing for her birthday anyway, and then she agrees, and nobody fucking shows up. <laughs> and there's like 18 messages on her answering machine. Because nobody has a cell phone. Nobody has a well, cell phone Actually, yet. that's not true. Carrie doesn't have a cell phone. Carrie doesn't have a cell phone. And actually, one of the messages that Miranda leaves, get a cell phone. Yeah. It's just like, this person's stuck in traffic. This person, there's construction on the bridge. This person, yeah. this, that, blah, blah, blah. And then Stanford think, goes to the wrong restaurant. He thinks it's another one. <laughs> with that The only difference is like a switched vowel. Right. And so she doesn't answer, obviously. And so everybody shows up. Charlotte shows up at her apartment. And Carrie's in the shower, just like, fuck this. And she opens the curtain, and Charlotte's there. She's like, hey! And she's like, fuck! What the fuck is wrong? Get the fuck out. Get the fuck out of here! And she's like, come on, we're gonna go out. She's like, no, I'm I'm done, I'm done. But then they go to their, like, their diner place. and, And the idea is that, you know, that whole experience just showed her how alone she is. Right. And how alone we all are. Right? Mm -hmm. And... 
what does that mean for for the future when you start to get older and you don't have you know a, a romantic partner your soulmate yeah mm-hmm. wow that was that was a little bit of an epic eye roll <laughs> Well, people throw that term soulmate around a lot. Let's talk about that. Okay. So my understanding of what definition of a soulmate is, is somebody that you are destined to be with forever. Okay. And it's convenient in a lot of ways in that you haven't found the person that you're meant to be with. So it's okay. Like, don't worry about it. This breakup that you have... Not a big deal. They weren't your soulmate. So it's right. Like it's it's a way to forgive other crap that might be going on in your life. And then the <laughs> other the other side of it being you're going to be there with them forever mm-hmm. completely disregards the nature of what relationships actually are. And we've talked about this in previous episodes that a successful relationship shouldn't be defined by one of you dying. Right. To And that's the reason it ends. Right. And so, yeah, I, so I always, whenever I hear that, I'm just like, oh, soulmate. <laughs> I, I agree with you. I think it perpetuates the myth of the one. Yeah. And it keeps you from... Forever case of one-itis. Yeah, for being realistic about what relationships are and yeah. how relationships change and how people can change and different relationship, I, I know you hate this word, but containers, but... <laughs> You know, and I think that erroneously, first of all, I don't believe in soulmates. I don't think that's a thing. I think there are thousands of people that are perfectly good matches for you. Yeah. But I also, but but it, the reason I bring up this episode is because they kind of come up with like, and I, it, there's so many times where this series gets things almost right. Yeah. And I like when they start to explore the idea that maybe the constant relationships in your life aren't the romantic ones. Right. Where can we start, can we give more credence and more attention to platonic relationships? Right. The fact that Charlotte shows up when nobody can find Carrie. Yeah. She's there. Your your friends of any gender. Right. Right. I I have friendships with men in my life that have, that I've had longer than a lot of my female friendships. Yep, yep. And they are sort of buoys in my in my life that are always there and right. and I'm there for them. But I think that, you know, when we think of soulmate, we think of, you know, this this effortless relationship that it doesn't matter what you do, it's always gonna be there and these people are a perfect match for you in every way. And the reality is, is that that it really doesn't go like that. Right. And I think that if we, you know, when when Esther Perel talks about how much pressure we put on a romantic relationship and a romantic partner to be the one, to be that everything for you, that's a lot to ask of a single person. That is a lot to put on somebody. And and I think the the much healthier view is that relationships are that. Relation like romantic relationships are just that. And to to not expect one person to be so many things for you some of those things you have to be for yourself and some of those things you have to get from other people and sometimes you have a romantic partner that doesn't fulfill your sexual needs right 
And I think that's that's one that people need to get over too, where that not not even all of that has to be satisfied by one person. Very, very poly mindset there. You're grinning over there. Yeah, because I think people who are proponents of a polyamorous relationship mm-hmm. style would say all of the same things there. Mm-hmm. That the idea behind that is that you can have many loves and each one can fulfill a different need. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be this constant desire for one person to be everything to you. But I also think when people are thinking about polyamory, there's a hyper focus on sex. Right. And that you're not necessarily having sex with all of your partners. No, but sex is a part of it. It can be. Yeah. But not, I think not always, mm, but yeah. Yeah. Don't make that. No, not I think, always. I think not always, but, but sex is definitely a part of it. I don't think that this is just... No, it can. Yeah, you're right. But... But that idea of a soulmate of that one person that just makes your life better and and is that thing you've been waiting for to do a little callback to season three, beginning of season three, about how women just want to be rescued. (laughs) And all they have to do is hold out long enough for that one person to show up and make everything okay. I think that's how a lot of people get really disappointed in their relationships. Have you ever met someone that you thought was your soulmate? Or have you always thought soulmate was kind of bullshit? Yeah, I always thought soulmates were kind of bullshit. Oh, okay. All right. Like, I, I will tell you this, though. I remember when I was about to get married, mm-hmm. and my one of my aunts, who shall remain nameless, but... Does she wear a pillbox hat? Yes. Okay, I know who she is. <laughs> <laughs> she was huge into astrology and numerology and all that kind of shit. All the ologies. And she made it very clear. She thought it was very prudent to tell me that this man I was about to marry was not my soulmate. But, but when did she tell you that? Before I got married. Like the like before you walked down the like right before you walked down the oh, aisle no, no, or like no, days like, and days before? No, like like weeks before. Okay, she okay, told okay, me that. Yeah. yeah. She was like I you know, I, you should know that this man is not your soulmate. And you said what oh, to pillbox oh, aunt? I was like, okay, thank you for that. Like I don't know what I'm, I what don't am know, I, what am I going to do with that? What am I supposed to do with that? Are you suggesting that I don't marry this person? Oh, no, I'm just saying that your relationship will be a working relationship. And I'm like, that sounds fun. Yeah. And yeah. was she right? I don't believe in soulmates. No, but but was she right? Was it a working relationship? It worked for a while. Right, yeah. okay. I mean, it wasn't, yeah. And it, then it became a non-working relationship? <laughs> <laughs> Unworkable relationship. But yeah, so what do you think about that? About What do you think? Do you believe in soulmates? I believe that there are people that are very right for you. But I don't think that there's only one person that is going to be very right for you. I think people can be can be a, an excellent match for a lot of different reasons. Mm-hmm. And I don't think because somebody is a match in one way and somebody else is a really good match in another way that that ex- precludes or excludes them or excludes the possibility of having a relationship with them. Right. But I don't I don't think I have the emotional bandwidth to maintain multiple romantic relationships emotion with a strong emotional tie Mm -hmm. i don't think i'm wired to be able to do that the way that i see people who do polyamory successfully Mm -hmm. seem to be well you and i've talked about that that we're both kind of like that Mm -hmm. that we just like no shade to anybody who can do that that's great but based on some of it is the way we are like you said wired Mm. and part of it is logistical yeah issues right like like i have affection for the people that we're with yeah and which is a form of love as far as i'm concerned but i couldn't maintain the kind of emotional relationship i have with you 
Yeah. Many other times. Like like you couldn't hang out on the couch and watch 90 Day with a different woman? I mean, I could do that. Oh. But I won't. <laughs> <laughs> I could do any... What's the meatloaf song? I would do anything. For love. For love. But, but I, I won't, won't do that. that. Yeah, like... You won't do that? No. <laughs> Wouldn't that be weird for you? I watch TV with lots of different people. Who? I mean, I don't no, anymore. No, you don't. I don't Me anymore. and your children. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Sometimes my sisters. But you, yeah, like... <laughs> And then alone well, it's your myself. sister's fault that we're watching 90 Days. It That's It's it her true. fault that we're in this nightmare. It's one of my sister's problems. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, there are just some, some things that I, that I don't know. I just feel that there are better reserved for you and the type of relationship that I have with you that I wouldn't want to do with somebody else. Right. But you never know. But somebody you, shows yeah. up, then we have a discussion. Everything okay. is on the table. We need to go faster. <laughs> so Carrie gets asked to be a model in a fashion show and it's sort of like half models half regular people okay right and she gets all fucked up about as carrie does gets all fucked up about like i'm not a model and it's like no you're not a model you're yeah, a regular you're person. one of the regular people. you're one of the regular isn't people. it like a friend of hers who's a magazine editor asks her to do this yeah well she's yeah she's like running the show mm-hmm. like it, i think mm-hmm. it's i think it's margaret cho actually who is it's the, an asian actress i didn't recognize it her, is though. margaret cho is it margaret she, cho yeah, yeah yeah all right and it, it gives you a little peek into backstage of the fashion industry. Right. Like what it's like. And it's bad. Like, you know, it's it's very cutthroat and yeah. very like, oh, no, you're clearly too short for this. And, oh, that's no good. And, <laughs> and we're going to change this. And this would look so much better on, on Naomi. And do you think that the fashion industry is has changed at all in 20 years? Oh, geez. I mean, I have a very limited experience in like high fashion. I feel like there are some changes to follow along with societal norms. Mm-hmm. I think people like Rihanna have done a mm. good job mm-hmm. in being more inclusive in their representation. But I think it's probably still fairly similar to that scene where it's just frenzy and chaos mm-hmm. behind the scenes. Yeah. Everybody's being super catty and right. and although Heidi Klum was really nice. She was really she nice was, to Carrie. She was sweet in that, but she yeah. was one of the real models, right? She was. Like she played herself. Yeah. So th- this episode seems to be like the body image episode, okay. right? So Carrie is grappling with you know being looking good enough or being enough to to be a real person model. Miranda gets asked out at the gym by like a super buff guy. Okay. Like a like a hot guy. And she's kind of like, why? Like she has her track pants and her sweaty t-shirt on. And so they go out and she's kind of like, I don't know. And it's kind of like, you know what? Like he asked you out, like be confident. And, and so then she's confident. And then he dumps her because he says she seems a little too full of herself. <sighs> so that's kind of, I, I thought that was a real like, was that the, was that the guy that that wanted to eat her ass? No. Oh, that was earlier, right? It was in previous seasons. That was, I don't know. I don't remember which season that was in. But yeah, if we didn't talk about it, we're going to talk about. Oh, okay, it. yeah. Because yeah. uh, I thought it was right after the gym, and I was like, oh, she's all sweaty. No, and that's stuff. when she's running. Oh, that's it's when, when she's, she's running. running. Right, right. Yeah. She's training for the marathon. I yeah, get it. Yeah, yeah. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> but this guy was kind of like, honestly, like she was like, what happened? I thought we liked each other, and he's like, yeah, honestly, you're kind of full of yourself, and it's 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 that imaginary line between confidence. And conceit. Well, it sounds like this guy wanted 
to I think it sounds like this guy mm-hmm. thought that he was better than her and wanted a little bit more gratitude oh. from her about oh my god you're so hot and like a little a little kind of you know Adonis worship type thing oh, okay and then when she was like yeah I'm fucking hot and he's kind of like well I'm not gonna get that well she didn't even say that no she was but, like I love you know I love my job and I love my life and and he was like mm. he, he wanted. He wanted a wounded bird. But this but this is what I'm saying. Do you feel like a lot of men like insecure women? Like when we go back to the pickup game, mm. their marks are usually insecure women that are posing as confident women. And when women are actually confident, these same types of shitty men go, oh, actually, no. So I think I'm going to flip that around a little bit. All right. I think that confident women scare a lot of men. Mm-hmm. Insecure men. A lot of men. Not all men. Not all. Hashtag not all men. I think they scare or turn off a lot of men. Mm -hmm. And so the other option, like if you get turned off by confident women, is to date women who aren't confident, kind of as the default backup, right? I don't know if necessarily it's all tied up in because then they're easier to game or you can break them down. For that subset of men who practice that kind of shitty pickup artistry type stuff, Mm -hmm. absolutely. But in my experience, I don't generally gravitate towards women that are not confident. Right. Because in my experience, a woman who is confident and not cocky, right, but confident, that generally means that sex, for instance, is going to be better because they're less inhibited Mm -hmm. with whatever aspects of Mm -hmm. it. Where Mm -hmm. somebody who's self-conscious about a lot of things or fronting a fake confidence, I think that there's going to be other issues that are going to come up when you progress past just that approach or just that chat up in the bar or whatever it is. The other thing I think too is that when you are, and this kind of goes for men and women, when you're dating someone or seeing someone that's not very confident, those insecurities are going to come out in a lot of different ways that can be really smothering or have a negative impact on your relationship. Mm -hmm. So when people aren't confident or they're insecure, then it's going to be a lot of checking in. It's going to be a lot of feeding the beast, so to speak, where, you know, you're constantly building them up and building them up and building them up and then they don't believe you. And it's just kind of like, it's really exhausting Mm -hmm. to have to deal with someone like that. Right. So, Charlotte is separated from Trey because she, you know, kissed the gardener and they had that conversation in in season three. And now they're separated. And she feels like her vagina is depressed <laughs> and she needs to look at it. And she's like, oh, my God, I'm not looking at it. And they, the, the girls Benny are trying kind of stuff the, there. Eh? Yeah. The girls are telling her, like, you need to look. You need to look at your vagina. You need to start to love. You need to love her. Like I say, <laughs> this is kind of like the body image episode right and i wonder how many women have seen their vagina or their vulva and looked at it and i i didn't realize this but there's a lot of women out there who don't like their vulva yes they think it's ugly they think it's weird looking i'm gonna go out on a limb and say that most women if they've seen their vulva Mm -hmm. it's usually been during childbirth well, you can't see it when you're giving birth. No, I mean, they hold a mirror or whatever to see the crowning and oh, whatever. Do they? Only if you ask. Well, only if you ask. But, yeah. I, I but think, that's not 
the best time to look. <laughs> not, I, I, I wouldn't suggest that's that to not, be the first that's time. That's not your girl at its best. No. I'm just saying. But I don't think a lot of women just randomly throw a little, uh, yeah, throw a little yeah. mirror down there and have a look at it. I think it's important to do that. I think it's important to, to meet her and love her. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, you have seen it more than I have. Mine. I have indeed. You know. And I do love her. Thank you. She loves you. <laughs> and then, of course, Samantha decides that to cement a point in history, she's going to have nude photos done. Okay. For just... Just because. Just because? Yeah. She's looking fan- fantastic. Looking she's fabulous. She's looking fantastic. Okay. And she's in her 40s, and she wants to immortalize that. Okay. So, so that she said, when I'm at 80, I can look back and say, look how hot I was. Mm-hmm. And... I think that is a phenomenal idea. In fact... So phenomenal. So phenomenal that for my big birthday this year, I did call back our guest, Melissa Kelly, boudoir photographer, Mm -hmm. and book a session with her. And I I did get photos done immortalizing my big birthday. Nice. And I am so glad that I did that. Yeah. They were amazing. I think everyone who is thinking about getting something like that done should get it done. And if you are in the Golden Horseshoe area, you yeah, should call, call Melissa Kelly. Call Melissa. She, I'll, throw, I'll throw a link to her stuff. In. Yeah, absolutely phenomenal. But I think that is such a, and it seemed kind of edgy at the time, but it was such a healthy attitude towards yourself. Mm-hmm. And and this is what I love about Samantha's character is that she tries her best to get her friends to love their bodies mm-hmm. and love themselves, independent of a man or any romantic partner. You know, just mm-hmm. do it for you. Don't yeah. do it for someone else. Do it for yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think that's I think that's a really important thing. And I have my photos and my book, and you've seen them, but they're not for you. I have. But they're for me. Yep. Yeah. And now you have the added bonus of being able to get digital copies of them. <laughs> so <laughs> you don't have to worry about those babies getting damaged yep. or anything like that. They're there forever. I like how... Sometimes they touch on themes and then how the theme affects each friend. Right, okay. Right? And, you know, just side note, Carrie finally walks down the runway and she trips on her really super super high shoes and falls down on the (laughs) runway. And the other models, like, step over her. And they're like, oh, my God, she's fashion roadkill. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) And then, But she gets up and it's fine. And, you know, it's a nice little ending to the, you know what? Sometimes you feel shitty. and You fall down, you got to pick yourself up. You got to get back up. Yep. Okay, so <laughs> this this little this little storyline is probably one of my this is this to me. Remember how you said like in season two and three, or no, like season three, you weren't super jazzed about Big. Mm-hmm. I use jazzed on purpose because Big is now divorced, right? Right. And him and Carrie are now friends. Okay, right. platonic friends. They don't have sex. They just go out and do stuff and hang out and have a good time and poke fun at each other. Hold that thought. When I was editing the last episode, yeah. I had a thought about this story arc for Big. Oh. And that how in season one and two, he's, you know, suave and debonair and yeah. just got all the shit together. Super cool. And then in season three, he becomes a bit of an asshole. And my thought was that. The way we see Big is the way that Carrie sees him 
So when she's happy with Big, Big is amazing. When she's mad at Big, Big is douchey and shitty and oh, stuff like that. That's a, that's an interesting viewpoint. Because that's kind of how it tracks, right? Yeah, it is kind of how it tracks, yeah. Like when she's like, your girl is lovely, Hubble. And he's like, I don't know what that means. You're she, supposed to be like, see, you don't get it. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. and Because and, and, she's like, you don't get it. That's why I'm going to, you know, and he's dumb and yeah, yeah, yeah. A, like a doofus and stuff, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, anyways, that's just. Huh, interesting. So I feel like. Candace Bushnell, the kind of creator of Sex and the City, puts her own feelings into how, mm. as the as the author and as the narrator, on how we see because Charlotte and Sam and Miranda, we never really see them change the way we see Big change, and I don't think that's because Big, as a character, has has an arc. I mm-hmm. think that that is just the way she. Sees it's just him. Scary's that's, opinion that's of really him. Interesting. Yeah, I just yeah. You know. Okay. okay, so 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 they're, they're friends now, and they go out to this jazz club because he loves jazz. Okay, <laughs> I fucking love this so much. So there's a, a bass player on stage, a, ba- a jazz bass player with a pork pie hat on, and he starts making eyes at Carrie in the audience, and he kind of passes her an, a note, like, is that your boyfriend? And she shakes her head no. And so... This guy, Ray, goes in for the kill, right? right. And so they're just kind of hanging. They're all kind of hanging out at the bar. And it turns out he owns the bar and another one downtown. And that's, you know, that's why he plays because he owns the bar and they can't say no to him. And right. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And he's sort of this fast talking kind of like, you know, hepcat, whatever. Yeah. And, you know, it's it, it was Big's idea to go to the jazz bar. So he can't really say anything. Sure. And, and they're just friends, right? And they're just friends. And so then they're going home. Big and Carrie are going home to their separate apartments. And Ray at the last minute goes, hey, can I can I grab a cab with you guys? And they're like, oh, yeah, sure. And so now Carrie is in between Big and this guy, Ray. Metaphorically and <laughs> literally. And, he, and Ray says to her, hey, can I get your number? And she's like, um sure okay and big's just kind of sitting there expectantly like just waiting to fuck with her he's smirking kind of thing and she she gets out a little piece of paper and she pauses with the pen in the air and big starts like reciting her number and she's like i know what it is right like (laughs) it's like she's deciding whether to give him her real number and he starts giving out her number and big just fucking push forces her hand (laughs) It's five 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 one two three four. She's like, right? I, I, I know, I know. And so she goes home to her apartment. Big goes home to his apartment. Ray goes home to his apartment, and she, Ray calls her as soon as he gets home. So she's talking to him on the phone, and you know this is like back in the day before you know we had fucking cell phones and stuff. <laughs> Big beeps in. Right, call waiting. So she clicks. She's like, hello, and he's like, what are you doing? And she's like, I, I can't talk right now. Pork pie. <laughs> and she's like, yes. Carrie likes a jazz musician. <laughs> and he's just fucking with her. And she's like, okay, you know what? I'm hanging up now. And he's like, wait. Whoop, whoop. And it's just, it's really cute. because it's very playful. It's very playful because he's kind of jealous, but not really. Mm-hmm. And so he just decides he's just going to tease her about this kind of ADHD kind of, you know, always so like, I'm the guy, right? right? 
And uh, so I just, I just thought with like, I love that scene where he's like, Carrie likes a jazz musician. <laughs> it's just really funny. Charlotte and Trey start meeting up and start having sex in weird places. Cause is it working for him? Yes. But it has to be in a weird place. So they have sex in her hallway. They have sex in a cab. They have sex and she was and she realizes that he only he can only get it up for her when there is a chance of them being caught. Okay. Well, and, she a common, went, there's, there's... and she was like, I'm your wife. Like I'm not doing this. It's a really messy relationship. Like he's pretty fucked up. Yeah. And do you know people like this? So there's one friend who had a girlfriend who <laughs> always wanted to have sex in risky places. That that the fear of getting caught was the kink. Right. So like what kinds of places? Like on a park bench in a park in front of people? Well, you know, like at night? At night. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And, so it was always okay. Wait, what? That's one. A park bench. Uh, in a parking garage. Inside or outside the car? In the car, in the parking garage. Oh. So it was always in a public place, but kinda with hidden. some kind of cover to. Wow. Yeah. He loved it, eh? No, he was oh, always because he, <laughs> he was because he was always worried they were gonna get caught. Right. Right. And she was like, I don't care. Yeah, like in her dorm room when her roommate was sleeping. You know, like that High kind of. Dump. Yeah, like that kind of stuff. Do you feel like is that is that where the you know the crazy ones are really good in bed trope comes from? Might be where it's like they like the dangerous shit. It might be because and they I, don't have to care about because I think I think he would say that 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 was sexually probably one of his most fulfilling relationships. Okay, but it wasn't super healthy. I was gonna say that doesn't say much, but anyway, <laughs> so. So she's fucking Trey in public places. Yeah, and she's just she's just like I'm not doing this. Like there this this relationship with Trey is just and with his mother Bunny is just so fucked up, which I think that's where a lot of the fucked upness comes from. Right. Is you know, I think we've talked about this before, this this sort of quasi incestuous relationship that a lot of parents and children have in particular mothers and sons Mm -hmm. so you know mothers that have made their sons their de facto partner yeah we talked about that from an emotional standpoint anyway and then when a when an actual romantic partner comes in there's almost like this competition that goes on yeah it's super fucked up and very weird and i feel like it fucks up a lot of men sexually oh yeah you know and then samantha meets maria Oh, right. Who is an artist yes. at Charlotte's Gallery. And she is played by Sonia Braga, which mm-hmm. I believe she's Brazilian. I'll look it up. Yeah. And I always remember her. She had like a cameo on The Cosby Show. Okay. And I always found her character so interesting. She played like Theo's English teacher. Did she? Yeah. With Who, that accent? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which she was also like like friends with Claire, I think. Okay. But anyway, and she's this like, you know, very passionate, fiery, creative, artistic, hot-blooded woman. Yep. And her and Samantha, like they hit it off, but Samantha doesn't realize that it's 
sort of romantic in nature. Does she right know away. that that the artist is that Maria is bi or gay? Maria is a lesbian. Maria is a lesbian, so we know that. We know that. Okay, but but because Sam isn't, she doesn't. Samantha doesn't realize that right away. She's kind of like, "Where's all the hot men?" Like, and she was like, oh, "I don't know. I have no idea." And it becomes pretty clear throughout this little this little storyline that Maria is falling for Sam. Right. And Sam is like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not into this. You know, and she's like, well, then I'm, I, I'm sorry. I don't think she's like, can't we just be friends? And she's like, I don't, I don't think so. Maria says, I, can, I don't, Maria think so. says, I don't think we can no. be friends. So there's this really cool scene where the girls are all out. Maria is joining them and big shows up uh, with a date. So I think, and Ray is there. Right. So, so Carrie's Carrie with jazz shows up musician. With, Carrie's with the jazz musician. <laughs> so he, sh- they're there together. Big shows up with a date. I think she invites him actually to this outing, and Samantha shows up with Maria, and they're not dating or anything; they're just friends. And Carrie gets up to go to the bathroom or go to the bar or something like that, and Samantha just lays into Big. Like, what the fuck do you think you're doing? Like, what are you playing at? Like, she might seem like she's all cool and over it, but she's fragile. And if you think, you know, that sort of, like, if you think that I'm going to let you just fucking fuck with her again, you have a, yeah, like, no. And Maria's just like, at that moment, she says to Sam, like, like, I thought I could do this friends thing, but after that, yeah. after watching that, like, basically, I'm head too, over heels. Yeah, too, I'm too attracted to you I'm to too, just be friends. I'm, like, I'm falling in love with you, yeah. right? And and I can't do this. And Sam, you can almost see the click in Sam's mind where she goes, eh, I'll give it a shot. Yeah, why not? And they end up kissing in the bathroom. Yeah. And so, you know... Let's not take it slow or anything. Let's just go right into the full-blown relationship. What I find interesting is the girl's reactions to Samantha having a girlfriend. Saying, I'm a lesbian now, which she's not really, though. Which she's not. And this is, we, you and I talked about this, that, that we kind of had problems with the, terminology. the verbiage that yeah. they were using, the, the vocabulary they were using. Yeah. So th- she's like, I'm a lesbian now. And it's like, are you? Like, you, you that's it? You're done with dick forever? She's bi-romantic or yeah. bisexual. Yeah. She's not a lesbian now. No. She still likes dick. But the girls are very... And, and this is the thing. They always give her shit for being hypersexual. Yes. And not having relationships. And so then... She starts up a relationship with this woman and says, you know, we haven't we haven't even had sex yet. Like we're doing this and we're doing that. And everybody's like, oh, well, great. But they're really shitty about it. And because, she's like, because I think that the friends are done with Samantha getting attention for everything. Oh, you know? and you think that they think she just she's just being like being a lesbian for attention. Yeah. That she talks, she's got that vulgar mouth and she does all these things and she's, she's picking up every man that she can find and it's just like attention, attention, attention. It's like, look at me, I'm a lesbian. Oh, great. More attention for Sam. I think that's why they're being. Wow. Yeah, because I, I think there's this like underlying Sam is such an attention whore wow. kind, of, kind of feeling there. I think it's funny when like 
they finally do have sex and they're all at brunch. And she's like, did you know we have three holes down there? <laughs> Everybody's just like, oh my God, it, I'm trying well, to have brunch. Well, true. What are, you, <laughs> what are you doing with the third one? You know what? I'm not doing sounding. Nothing of yours is going into my urethra. I'm just okay. letting you know that okay. now. And I'm sure you feel the same. Yeah, yeah. And what if Maria's was going into Sam's urethra? I don't know. But anyways, we'll finish off the story arc with Maria. So what happens is that, you know, her and Maria are in this relationship. They're going out. And obviously, invariably, because Manhattan is a very small island, they keep running into men that samantha used to fuck yeah and they're like hey like i'm a, off at a two. small island of 10 million yeah but like you know that's a that's a like high concentration of people so the chances of you running into an ex are pretty high and you know this one guy like shows up at her door at like three in the morning and she, and maria's like what the fuck yeah, like Maria's super fiery what's with it. these men where they think that they can just show up or they can just you know ask you to have sex and she's like yes because i like sex do you remember sex like because they're not having it because they're not having they're just it. having sleepovers because it's like it gets to a point where it's like they have baths and they talk and they and and sam's just done with it no like she just wants dick or she just wants sex she wants passion she wants fire she wants fireworks well, she wants some kind of physical intimacy and she's not getting it with maria and Maria loses her fucking shit. Maria is Brazilian. The actress that plays Maria is Brazilian. Yes. And so she has a very stereotypical Latin, Latin woman flip out. And she throws dishes yeah. and destroys shit. And she, and Samantha's just like... It, I think it's an interesting perspective because I feel like a lot of men have been on the receiving end of flying dishes and or ceramic compost bins <laughs> yeah and have had to duck yeah stuff repair floor tiles and samantha's reaction is just like shocked terrified incredulity yeah of like what is happening and yeah i i i don't think you know men and women are violent in different ways mm-hmm. and i don't condone women throwing shit no, that's, or smashing shit that's not any more either. than like men punching a hole in the drywall right. or anything like that. Throwing hands. I think it's terrifying behavior. It's a hallmark that someone is completely out of control. Mm-hmm. And I, I liked that they showed that and that was it for Samantha. Samantha's like, I'm all done. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, this is not okay. But again, I, I, I think that the girls are a little bit a little bit judgy about it and maybe you're right they're just like oh finally she's on she's on the same page and you know they're just like okay like Mm -hmm. how's maria tell us about your relationship right yeah they're not very they're not very supportive of no because i think that they think that she is just fronting that it's a new fad so she's gonna try being a lesbian right yeah i mean i i'm all for trying new things Mm -hmm. but if you, like having to like label, oh, I'm a lesbian now. Like, no, you. And and it's funny because when you talk about sexual expression, it's amazing how people are very very set on labels. Like you and I talk about that all the time when people call into the Savage Lovecast and they'll say, "I'm a cis." <laughs> I'm a 
I'm a 28-year-old cis-hetero male from the upper west coast with a foot fetish and and then the question has nothing to do with yeah any of it's that like stuff. it's like i'm i'm a i'm a cis bi queer female from a major west eastern coast seaboard city, city. <laughs> um i have a question about my niece okay well <laughs> why does it matter if you're queer then so many labels so many labels so um it turns out that steve bartender steve miranda steve and Aiden. Yes. Open a bar together. Right, because they, Miranda and Steve have broken up. He took his dog and yes. left. Because I want to have a baby. No, let's ha- get a dog. Also, oh, that's no. Right. That's right. That's right. And well, then, they did get a dog, and then but then he, he had to move out with big it. Big fat gets a dog anyway. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. then he moves out. Okay. And then Aiden, who's broken up with Carrie because yep. she cheated on him with Big. They are buds. Yep. Because Miranda and Carrie were friends and right. they became friends. And then after that... After those two relationships ended, they were still friends. Yep. And Steve always wanted to open his own bar. Mm-hmm. And Aiden was the silent financial partner. And which and he also like... He did know, all the woodwork. He did the all bar. the woodwork, yeah. did the bar and all that kind of stuff. And so they are opening a new bar called Scout. Which is the name of the dog. Name of the dog. And Carrie and Miranda both get invitations to the opening. Yeah. And of course, Carrie is like, what the fuck does all this mean? So they go and... She sees Aiden, and he looks great. He's been working out. He looks all dapper. Mm-hmm. And she walks in, and he locks eyes with her, and he just kind of nods at her. And she was like, "What the fuck is That's that? That's it. That's it." And she goes out into the back, of course, to try and wrangle a drink and a piece of cake and a cigarette. And he's out there smoking a cigar. And she was like, "Oh." Smoking cigars now? Yeah, I he's guess, like, well, you know, I'm a bar owner. I got to do the thing. I guess and... tobacco is okay. <laughs> and basically, she decides that she wants him back. Right. And so she starts. She doesn't doing, ask him. She just she decides. starts doing these weird things, like you know, she's like, "Don't you like? Don't you want to like get?" Back? And he was like, "No, you fucking broke my heart." And she was like, "Yeah, but you know." <laughs> but I'm I'm here now. Yeah, and he was just like, no, I, no. And she wears him down, and he says, okay, let's try it, right? <sighs> but Ugh. but she's, she's, you know, I think a lot of people, especially ones that have been the party with the wrongdoing, mm-hmm. you know, they want to come back to you and go, let's just try it again. Like, it was, and you're like, you fucking broke my heart. Yeah, like, no, what do you I'm... think? You can just, and and you know what? Like, fool me twice for Aiden. Like, fuck off. He should have told her to go fuck herself. But you know what? Like, it's not, yeah, I'm not but, writing it. But, but, but we knew what this was going to be as soon as it, it, it. Yeah. And it's interesting. You know, sometimes you have to fall on a sword twice to make sure it goes all the way through. Yeah. And like, when you break up with someone, you really need to remember the reasons that you break up with them. Keep them on a piece of paper somewhere close mm-hmm. so that when you are tempted to get back together with them... You look at that list, like very, very rarely do the reasons that you break up with someone go away. No. The second time around. But there's a reason Aiden agreed to all of this. Why? She didn't wear him down. Yeah, she did. No, he wanted to fuck with her and get her back. Oh, well, yeah, that that comes up. That comes up. You you think that was, that was, okay, all right. I'm nodding, sorry. I should say yes and not just nodding you. (laughs) I think that's what it was. I think I think he he wanted he's like okay she wants to do this okay she I'll make I'll make her think that I'm in like basically lull her into a false sense of security like everything is okay mm-hmm. and then 
Right. Okay. Well, we'll we'll get to that. Okay. So so next up is the guy that you were thinking about. Miranda's training for the marathon. Right. She wants to run the New York City Marathon or something. Yes. Yeah. And she meets a guy while she's training and they they end up fucking after a run one day. Right. And he eats her ass. Yeah, like she's on her hands and knees or something and he goes back and starts eating her ass. And my first thing was not, oh look, he's eating her ass. My first thing was like, they just got back from a run. I know. My God. So my question to you was going to be. Yeah. And then he expects her to do it. Right. He expects her to reciprocate. Yeah. And my question to you is, what are, what are the manners and etiquette around eating ass that you sort of live by? Well, I think I think this is true for oral sex of any kind. There are some people that enjoy like a strong musk. <laughs> <laughs> right and and this is definitely a thing okay like i a hundred percent it's a thing where it's like no no no, no wait like it's the same thing you know people that have feet fetishes mm-hmm. and will smell shoes and mm-hmm. and will lick feet whether they're sweaty or not there's something about that stronger but musk, this is an ass but okay you know at literal pieces of shit aside if the ass is clean and mm-hmm. just sweaty it's like a belly button right like it's <laughs> no it kind of i don't drop deuces out of my belly button i know but if it's been cleaned and you haven't dropped a deuce since then it's clean right okay it's just sweaty okay but do you feel like that that eating ass is something that you should maybe have a conversation about before you do it? Or is that yes, something that I, you I, just sort of launch on somebody well, when they're expecting to get fucked doggy style? The thing is, is that when this came out, yeah, eating ass was not... No, that was, that was not standard fare. But every other fucking porn clip I watch has ass munching going on. <laughs> guy on the girl, girl I on the guy, like whatever. I that might be just part of your... The algorithm, algorithm that no, you developed for I yourself. I've never set up an account, so it doesn't know what I like. <laughs> it knows. It doesn't know. <laughs> so I think that to your question about the etiquette that I live by, mm-hmm. generally speaking, my preference is for it to not have just come from a run. Yeah. But it also doesn't require still wet from the shower kind of. Okay. Thing. However, for the person receiving it, mm-hmm. I think their comfort level is super important for yes. their enjoyment. And like time of day is very important. Yes. Prior and activities is yeah. ver- are very and important. And so I think, I think it's in this instance, it's more about the person receiving what their comfort level is. Well, hold on. Okay. Because this is, this is the kind of thing where I feel like it's a little bit different for women and men. Why? Because we're so hairy? Yes. Okay. There are women that have hairy bum holes too. N- not. <laughs> Dude. Not like I a don't guy's know how to break, butthole. Do but... we have to break out the, the mirror again? <laughs> I'm just saying that, you know, I was like, it wasn't very long ago that I found out what dingleberries were. Right. And I'm not saying you have them. I'm just saying they, they, that they other people thing. and the self-proclaimed super straight men. Mm-hmm. There are a good proportion out there that think that washing your butt too vigorously is gay. Is gay. 
Well, I mean, you know, part of my manscaping routine is to try and tame all of this. And I appreciate that. Yeah. I'm not saying you. No, no, I'm but saying in general. In general, yeah. most women are a little better at washing their asses yeah. than men are. Okay. And I'm just saying, I'm just saying that if that's something that you were into, that maybe a shower beforehand is a nice is a nice thing. Yes. Because, you know, I mean, you know, especially after a run. Yeah, the run. The, I think it wasn't so much the act. It was the timing. Like, do you like, know Do you know why they put fucking Johnny's on the spot along trails and run routes? Because people run and it makes them shit sometimes. Yeah, because they're, they're, they're mixing up their insides by running around. Well, no, it's, it's because, you know, you get more blood flow to everything and it starts to move. Like... Like it takes blood away from your little splanchnic region and sends it to your muscles. And sometimes that is like a signal to your digestive system to, oh, you know what? It's time to empty this shit out so right. that we don't. We might. We yeah. So, so just, you know, a word to the wise. <laughs> also, Charlotte and Trey are back together okay. and moved back into his apartment. Okay. And decide to start trying for a baby. Right. They finally get the dick working. Okay. And now it's time to have what you you know you yourself have has expressed have expressed mm. as super sexy baby making sex baby making sex yeah you think it's going to be great because it's going to be lots of sex mm-hmm. all the time mm-hmm. and it is lots of sex at certain times mm-hmm. but it's at very certain times. but it's very business oriented is it get in get the job done get out wow repeating 48 See, hours I've, I've never had dedicated Baby making sex. So yeah. I'm very interested in in this as a concept because I've never experienced that. You look really impressed right now. Well, in look, some guys might think this is the best thing ever. For me, I found that it became super unsexy. Mm-hmm. And when you're having sex more often than you normally would for the purposes of trying to conceive around you know an ovulation schedule or whatever it is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And your partner doesn't want you to take a long time. <laughs> and you can which sense. sometimes makes you take a long time. Which, and you can sense. <laughs> and so it kind of takes you out of it. Right. And, it may, and then you take a long time. Like and the other day when you couldn't finish because you thought my knee was sore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was worried I was hurting you. Don't worry. I got, I you, got you're, it. You're fine. But, but <laughs> the way my mind works is those little distractions can be enough keep you from hitting that finish line. Mm-hmm. And when you're not having baby making sex, that's okay. You just stop and you'll pick it up again later. But when there's a literal clock ticking mm-hmm. until you're going to have to wait again next month kind of thing, it, yeah, it just, it becomes, you know, month after month after month after month. You just, it, you don't look super jazzed about that. No. I, I mean, I'm super happy at the result. <laughs> Yeah, they're your kids are very cute. But oof. Yeah, oof, yeah. Oof. Yeah. You mentioned before about Aiden using this opportunity yeah. of getting back together to punish her. Yeah. What do you mean by that? I think that No, like what do you notice in the sh- in the in the in this season? Like what kinds of things does he do? Oh, to he just punish be- her? he just becomes super she comes back to him. Mhm. And so 
in this relationship, she has given him power. Right. Because he took her back. So it's shifted. So it's shifted. And that power imbalance means that he can be shitty to her. Right. Because you broke my heart and I took you back. Like, aren't I such you a good guy? You cheated and you broke my heart and I took you back. Look what a great guy. Exactly. Right, okay. And that just kind of frames a lot of the interactions mm-hmm. that he has with her over the season. So w- what are some of the things that he does? I can't remember. Do you okay? So I remember. <laughs> I remember one thing in particular. Isn't it? Yeah. Okay. So so he's at the bar. Yeah. He's at Scout, and oh yeah, yeah, with the bartender. So he says, you know, I'm just going out with the guys tonight, and she was like, oh okay, cool. Like our girlfriend's invited, and he's like, yeah, you can come. Like you know, but so she shows up. She stops by, and it's just him sitting at the bar with this very attractive female bartender. female bartender. Yeah. And they're playing jacks and doing shots and laughing and joking and whatever. And he introduces them, but it's very clear that Carrie is not welcome. She's like a third wheel. Pretty much. Kind of off to the side. Yeah. And she's like, where are the guys? And he's like, oh, you know, everybody bailed, whatever, whatever. And she was like, okay, well, I'm going to go. And he's like, all right, see ya. And she's just like, what the fuck is going on there? And there's there's two things with that. Mm -hmm. There's him being borderline flirtatious mm-hmm. with this bartender mm-hmm. and also being super dismissive yes about whether or not carrie's even around right and and aiden before would never have done that right but aiden now is like whatever like what are you gonna do break my heart again yeah. like and yeah. it might be and it might be that it might be a defensive reaction that he's keeping her at arm's length because he doesn't want to mm-hmm. if i'm being charitable but i feel like Given the nature that has been shown of Aiden leading up to this, about him being judgy about her smoking and and him yeah. trying to control and change her, I don't think that he's trying to. Be, it's not it that, that is coming out of self preservation, no. but more out of punishment. Punishment, yeah, yeah. Because there, there's a there's a follow up to that where she watches his dog because he has like, you know, some big job or something to do, yeah. And she shows up because the dog gets sick, and. And he's just hanging out at the wood shop. And he's at he's at the shop with this bartender. Yeah. Who has and they're having coffee and whatever. And it's just like, are you fucking her? Like she's like, why don't you just fuck her and then we can both be bad? And yeah. I think that's really telling. And I think again, when we look at relationships and when you think about getting back with an ex, mm-hmm. this is something and I've had an experience like this. It it was, you know, where you know, my I had to tell my my ex, he was my boyfriend at the time. I had to tell him that I used to be a dancer. I used to be a stripper. Mm-hmm. Because one of his friends found out and kind of backed me into a quarter and said, you're going to have to tell him or I'm going to tell him. So I told him and then he broke <laughs> up with me. Because <laughs> you gave him that information and he broke up with you. Right. Because he wasn't, he wasn't okay with it. No. I know. And then a week later, we got back together I had a really strong reaction to those two getting together, getting back together and then Aiden punishing her like that because when I got back together with my ex after he broke up with me because I used to be a stripper, it wasn't even like I was currently a stripper, which is still fine. Right. But it had been years since I had done that and didn't affect him at all. It wasn't something that he would have to deal with. Well, it was your reputation, right? And I felt that same power shift when we got back together Mm -hmm. that like now he is my redemption and i'm just you know a piece of shit yeah you're just lucky to be here that's right and and that carried through 
all the way until we got divorced. Yeah. Well, because it can only <laughs> it can only go that way. Yeah. Unless that person decides to let go. Right. Yeah. And so and that was it was it was always like that. There mm-hmm. was always that that shift of power. So that that wasn't that didn't feel good. No. So to add insult to injury to Carrie and Aiden's troubled relationship, <laughs> big calls while they're having sex. And of course, she has one of those like 1990s answering machines. Right. So while they're having sex, Big's talking you can away. hear t- <laughs> Big's voice. <laughs> but he's got this new girlfriend who's being really shitty to him. And he and wants Carrie's advice. He wants Carrie's advice. Yeah. And it culminates in this really funny scene because Aiden's got this country house and oh, Carrie, right. Carrie always has to go and she doesn't want to go. Yeah. And she invites Big up because he's super distraught over his girlfriend yeah. that broke up with him. This like major actress who's made up. Doesn't Sam go up there as well for a while? Sam goes up for the weekend and finds a farmer to fuck. And yeah. He's like, what are you doing next weekend? She's like, I'm out of here. She doesn't want that. And Big and Aiden end up having a fist fight in the mud. Yeah, they go to play basketball or something. Yeah. And it's just, well, because Big can't go home because he drinks too much. And so he has to stay over. Right. And there's just all this pent up rage between the two of them. And they end up having a fist fight. And then, and then, they're, and then they're BFFs. What is the thing that Big keeps saying over and over again? She changed her number. Or... She can always get me. That's it. But I can't get her. And Aiden's like, as you're eating breakfast together afterwards, that's fucked up, that's fucked up man, right? That's, that's fucked up. And, and, and Carrie's in there going, like, what the fuck She's is like, going on? What happened on? to my weekend? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, he, she can always get a hold of him, but she's got all these different numbers, but he can never, she's never available. So it was like, she can always get me, but I can never get her, you know? He's like, that's fucked up. <laughs> um, Steve tells Miranda that he has testicular cancer. And she basically becomes his Medical lawyer. Doula. Yeah, because he's like, oh, you know, she's she's asking him all these questions. And he's like, I don't know. I'm going to go to the free clinic. And, and she's like, no, you're fucking not. And like, she makes him cry. And then she feels bad. And yeah. you know what? I can actually, I don't identify with Miranda very often. But, but in, in this respect, case, I think, I think I do identify with, you know, I think that in, in a general sense, men are not as intimately acquainted with the medical system as women are. No, no. And so I think that when they do have to utilize it, they're horribly unprepared to do that. And I think that's one of the reasons why they say that, why it shows that married men live longer. Mm -hmm. And it's because women are like, oh, no, no, no. Like, you need to fucking do this and this and this and this. Yeah, like that crazy shit on Dr. Pimple Popper. (laughs) Where this bro has... You'll find any excuse. He looks like he looks like he's got like a Popeye bicep. This giant thing on his... Like a softball on his arm. Oh, yeah. It's and no gross. wife would ever let their husband... He had it for like 10 years and it just got bigger and bigger and bigger. No, like that would never happen if that guy had a partner. No, never. I mean like, what the fuck is this shit? No, 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 never, no. never, 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 no. never. And you're better than most, I think, at saying, um, I need to go to the doctor for mm-hmm. this. I, I think you're you're good. Like, like you had a kidney stone. Mm-hmm. And you were like, oh, no, I'm going to the emergency room. Oh my God. You didn't know what it was. I didn't know what it was. There kidney was, stones. Kidney stones. There was, <laughs> there was this time where 
I would get a splitting headache every time I jerked off. <laughs> yes. I don't have I heard this story? I don't know if you heard this story. Or oh not. my god. And anytime like that blood would start rushing and mm-hmm. I would I would orgasm, I would almost pass out from pain. And I remember I mean, go- I'm going to do it again. Well, I I remember going to the emergency room and just my luck I get some hot hot <laughs> residents right some female resident and i'm just like uh oh. so when i jerk off i get a headache oh. and she's like trying not to smile <laughs> she's like right well we'll test your heart and we'll do this and this and it turned out everything was was fine and well, just, what was I, do- what I, was I don't happening? know i don't know when did it stop it just i just didn't do it for a while because i was worried about getting a headache and then it just stopped and i was like okay i mean this is a long time ago when did you decide you were going to start jerking off again were you like well i would no i would i would try and then it would hurt and then i would stop okay and then eventually i would try and it wouldn't hurt and i would finish i can't believe you never told me this before that's hysterical (laughs) it was a long time ago But even then, I was like, okay, shit, this is not supposed to happen. Right. I'm not supposed to, like, almost pass out from blind pain. No, 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 no. When I orgasm. See, only women would do that. See, that, like, (laughs) uh, yeah, there's a lot of women who would be mortified to go into the emergency room and say, every time I I masturbate, I get a blinding headache. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't test it to see if sex would do it as well. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I just had to go with, with what data points I had. (laughs) so as so often as they do in this series there's sort of mirroring stories so charlotte and trey are having a horrible time trying to conceive okay and steve gets one of his testicles removed right to clear up the cancer yep and he feels really bad about it yeah and so him and miranda have sex and she gets pregnant with his one ball with his one ball and her one ovary because she's got a lazy ovary as well so they're not working with a lot. Right. And so predictably, Charlotte is horribly upset when she finds out that Miranda's pregnant. And Miranda knew that that was going to be the case. She tried she really hard. To be sensitive about it. To be sensitive about it. And but to be even more sensitive about the fact that she her plan was to terminate the pregnancy. Right. And Charlotte was not happy about that. No. And then that touches off a conversation about abortions. Right. And how many of you had and... Everyone at the table had had at least one. Yeah. Which I I think that's an important conversation. And it's an important... Had Charlotte had one as well? I think she had had one. Right. Yeah. Or maybe not. Maybe she... Maybe not. Carrie makes the mistake of telling Aiden Mm. that Miranda's pregnant and was planning on terminating. And he was like, oh, man. And she's like, you can't tell Steve. And he's like, man, like, doesn't he get a say? And then he asks her, have you ever had one? And she lies and says no. Of course she does. Right. So there's two things going on there. And I mean, in light of what's going on in Texas right now, yeah, right. which fuck no, like this is not about life. This is about controlling women. And that's all I'm going to say about that. And I will fight anyone who wants to debate me on that. That's fine. Do you think that a man has a right to know if a woman is like pregnant with your kid and decides to terminate? Do you have a right to know that? If it was me, I would want to know. Mm-hmm. But would you want to say in the decision? But I think the only time a man gets a say in the decision is if there is an expectation of parental support 
after birth. Like if they're married. Yeah. But I but I mean if if two random people hook up, I'll give you an example. Well, let's There not, was we have a perfect example. Steve and Miranda. Right. But their example is they're not completely random though. But they're on again, off again. They've they're been on in again, a relationship. Off again. They're not in a relationship Look, right now. If Miranda wanted to have the baby and expected nothing from Steve, mm-hmm. then I think she's within her rights to just go ahead and do whatever the fuck she wants. Mm-hmm. But if her expectation is like the characters we're seeing on 90 Day right now, mm-hmm. is it 90 Day? No, it's that other one. It's a new one, Love Island. Okay. Or Love in Paradise. Love in Paradise, yeah. Where some oh, some yeah. woman, young woman goes down to Jamaica. She had always been bothered about her weight. She got really fit, went on a holiday and banged the boat captain. Yep. And got pregnant. Yep. And then decided, she decided she wanted to have the baby. The baby and expects him to move to America. And then expects him to move to the US. And marry and her. And marry her and do all this sort of stuff. Yeah. And I think that... If that is the expectation of the mother, then she, she needs to have a conversation with the father. But what if she just like, what if she just decided she was going to terminate? Does he? Does she even need to say anything to him? In that case, I say no. No, in that case, no. Because and regardless of any promise of support, yeah, it's still that woman that needs to grow that child and birth that child and what if they change their mind but there are all sorts of fucked up laws in the united states where the parents of the father paternal grandparents yeah the paternal grandparents sorry have say over that fertilized ovum yeah i don't you know what i feel like this could be a really really long episode if we go here the reality is so obviously charlotte and miranda are kind of knocking heads over this Miranda decides to keep the baby Mm -hmm. and all is mended between her and Charlotte Aiden proposes to Carrie okay it's a horrible idea oh fuck I forgot he proposed to her yeah Yeah, he proposes to her Charlotte and Trey decide they they start discussing adoption and Charlotte starts learning Mandarin because it's possible that they get a Mandarin girl right and this actually kind of, this comes back um, later on in the series, but this is when her and Trey's mother really start to go to war with yeah, each other because Bunny, really Bunny McDougal makes it very, very clear that that is not acceptable in the, the McDougal family. Doesn't she use some kind of really racist she food says, terminology? I don't, I, she said, I don't enjoy a man, Mandarin food and I don't enjoy a Mandarin baby. Right. And it's like, I don't think that's any of your business. Like it's like just basically that this hallowed family name is not going to be carried by some adopted child from another country. Yeah. Also, this is when Samantha gets hired to um, do the PR for very wealthy and successful hotelier Richard Wright. (sighs) Mr. Wright. And then she also starts fucking him. She does. And she blows him in his office or something. No. Oh, they fuck oh, yeah, first? She, oh, yes. They fuck first, but she blows him in his office, yeah. yeah. In his glass office. Yeah. And this one is a little bit different because she really starts to fall for him. Yeah. But he... And this is the thing. He comes at her hard. Yes. He you love, know what I mean? He love like bombs he, her. He love bombs her. Yeah. And I, I don't think we had a term for it then. No. But... If if y'all want to know what love bombing is, just watch Richard Wright and Samantha Jones episode thirteen 
you know, season four, because, oh my gosh, just, just as an honorable mention, there is a scene where Charlotte invites the girls over for dinner because she's like, she says to Trey, I need a break from all this stress. I need a girl's night. I'm going to invite the girls over for dinner, just the girls. So you will not be here. And he was like, no problem. I know you need time with Mm -hmm, your friends, mm -hmm. whatever, whatever. And he said, oh, but um, like, I, I got you a present today. Oh my God. And she's like, oh, what did you get me? And he said, you know, I know we've been having a hard time lately with like trying to conceive and everything. So I got you this. And he brings out this giant, like ten times the size, yeah. ten times life size, cardboard baby. Yeah, like a photo of a baby crawling or something like. She that. was like, "What the? What fuck in is the this? cinnamon toast fuck is that?" <laughs> and he was like, "It's it's just a little it's just a little giggle, you know. I thought we could use a giggle, like you know, we, we we're going through all this stress because we can't have a baby, and now we have one, so we can." And she was like, "Are you not the same?" Like, what is she? She goes, "Don't talk to me." Don't talk to me. She's so done. So the girls come over for dinner and he comes home and she was like, you weren't supposed to be here, remember? And he was like, oh yeah, you know, sorry. You know, how, how are all the ladies doing? Oh, we're good, you know? And then he's like, you know what? Let's see if your friends think this is funny. <sighs> and all the girls are sitting there going, what the fuck is going on? And she's like, don't you bring that baby, that cardboard baby in here. I will kill you. <laughs> like she's just fucking, And they end up having this fucking full on domestic. And every, yeah, in front of her friends. In front of her friends. Yeah. And they all just kind of slip out sheepishly. Yep. I'm sure we've all been, I know you and I have been around uh-huh. when people are having a full on domestic and you're just like, no. We can't, it's like you can't get out fast enough. Nope, nope, nope. But, nope. you know, at that point, you know that the, the time is ticking down yeah. on their relationship because yeah. it's just it's just crazy. Miranda is pregnant. She mm-hmm. is a partner at a law firm. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't really, I think living in Canada, I don't have as much experience with this about the issues with when to tell your employer that you're pregnant, you, you know, your fucking eight-week mat leave and yeah. when to time that all that kind of stuff but she runs into her uh, they all end up at a gay club i think for for whatever reason and it's like that whole like problematic thing with like straight women inhabiting queer spaces right, and just like yeah. expecting to be treated like oh look we're amazing look at how open we are and it's like get the fuck out of our space yeah i want to blow we, this guy in the corner yeah, here like, we don't need you're you really here. wrecking my buzz uh, and she runs into this guy, somebody from work. Oh, that's right. And he doesn't know that she's pregnant and she doesn't know that he's gay. And so they both kind of are like, oh shit, like, Wah. Yeah, because he's right? in like leather suspenders. Yes, he's, and, yeah. He's, yeah, he's like a, yeah. He's got like a leather daddy outfit so on. So she goes back to work and she realized, she discovers that he's told everybody that she's pregnant. Yeah, because there's some busybody in the office that congratulates her or something. And so then. She is basically yelling at him with the door open, with the door to his office open, saying like, you know, you had no right to tell anybody that I'm pregnant. Like, I didn't tell anybody that you're gay. And this busybody was walking by just as she accidentally outs her coworker. (laughs) And it's like, you know, are those two things kind of synonymous? Like, you don't out people, you don't share personal medical information like that. You don't out your co-workers you yeah. don't do that it's kind of but and it's interesting because you and i have talked about this before about like and i've had people ask me are you ever worried about seeing somebody that you know 
at a sex club or on the, or the, on apps, the apps that or, are for this kind of stuff. And my answer is usually, well, they're there too. Yeah. So <laughs> don't make it weird. Don't make it weird. Say hi. <laughs> yeah. It's, but it, but it can be, it can be awkward. Like that can go one of two ways mm-hmm. that can go super, super well, or that can be like mm-hmm. not great. Samantha at the gay club takes ecstasy <laughs> and accidentally tells Richard that she loves him. Yep. Because apparently that's what you do when you're on ecstasy. Yeah, it's a love drug. I think that's something we're going to have to, I think that's some research we're going to have to do and get back to yeah. you. Apparently sex on X is amazing. Predictably, Carrie freaks out about marrying Aiden because she doesn't love Aiden and she doesn't want to marry him and she never did. And the only reason she agreed was because Samantha took Aiden out and got a really good ring. Mm-hmm. And so they break up except that now she has to buy her apartment because Aiden had bought the apartment and the one next to it. Oh, right, because her apartment went went co-op or whatever. Right. Right. And so their second breakup was even more spectacular than the first. Right. And so now she has to buy her apartment or she's going to, he's going to evict her. Right. And he's not being shitty about the value. It's No, it's, it's just that this is what's happening. But this is what's happening. Yeah. So she doesn't have any money because she spends all of her money on shoes. Mm-hmm. And so she goes to Big to ask, like, how do I make money yeah. really quickly? And it's, it's, it's almost comical that a woman of that age basically shows up and says, like, how do I get rich like you? <laughs> it's like, bitch, I've been doing this for 25 years. Yeah. Like, you can't just, if it was that easy, everybody would do it. And so he offers to loan her the down payment to her apartment. And she shows up at dinner with the girls. She said, you know, Big offered me the down payment on my apartment. And they were like, what? And she goes, I couldn't take it. Could I? And she unfolds this check. For like 20 grand or 30 grand. $30,000. Yeah, yeah. And half of them are like, absolutely not. And Samantha's like, why not? He gave it to you. He gave it to you. Why not? And she was like, it would be a loan. Like I would, how do you feel about that? I think lending or borrowing money from friends and family is, is always problematic. It's a bad idea. I think it's a bad idea. But if he's giving her the money, if he's just like, Hey, I've got more money than God. Mm -hmm. You need this more than I do. There's no strings attached. I'm not going to judge you for buying more designer shoes instead of paying me back and all that kind of stuff. Well, but if he's giving it to her, then he, she's not paying. If back. he's giving it to her and he's not going to be and like, and he's not going to be shitty about how she continues to mismanage her own finances. Sure. Take it. I feel like loaning money to anyone is a terrible idea. Yeah. You either give them money or you yeah. don't. Yeah. Because if you loan somebody money, even if it's a hundred bucks. Yeah. Every time you see that person, you're like, where's my hundred bucks? And every time they spend money, you're like, oh, I see you're doing this thing before you give me my hundred bucks. Yep. Yep. So don't. If you're going to give somebody money, give it to them. them. Don't expect it to come back because it will ruin your relationship or your Mm -hmm. friendship. I didn't feel like, I think he he was like, here, just here. Yeah. It seemed like from Big's perspective, it was like, yeah, whatever. A gift. Yeah. Here you go. Because it's like a drop in the bucket for him. Yeah. And this is the thing. She ends up. Like, Charlotte ends up giving her, giving Carrie her engagement ring to sell for her down payment, which I don't see how she would, I mean, it, it was from Tiffany's, but I still don't know if it would be worth 
30, 30 grand? It would Probably. be. Yeah. I mean, we a saw $40,000 rings and they were not even, they were just a drop in the bucket of yeah, what was there. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So it's Richard's birthday. Richard Wright. And Samantha asks him what he wants for his birthday. <laughs> and they happen to be at a very nice restaurant and the hostess at very the very nice hostess. restaurant is a very friendly 21-year-old. She's young. Blonde, leggy, accommodating she knows she knows Richard because I guess he goes there all the time. Yeah, I think he's a very good customer. Yeah, and, and, and so he asks for a threesome. She, what do you want? Her. That's what I want. Yeah, for that's what I'd like. Yeah. How about that? So Samantha arranges the threesome with this young woman, and <laughs> what happens? The hostess ends up in a competition with. Samantha over Richard's affections mm-hmm. during the threesome. I think that, again, this is one of the worst nightmares of people when they think about a threesome. Mm-hmm. Samantha is well into her 40s, so is Richard Wright. Mm-hmm. And this woman is at least a couple decades younger than them. half her age. Mm-hmm. And so this is what people fear is to have this younger version. Sure. A younger and model. And will steal, steal all the attention. Mm-hmm. And this young girl doesn't have the emotional maturity to handle something like this. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there seems to be this little power struggle until this young woman calls Richard daddy. <laughs> and he gets all freaked out. He doesn't because like that. He doesn't like that yeah. because she's 22 and he's in he, his late 40s. He could be her daddy. He could be her daddy. Yeah, that creeped him and out. it makes him feel old. On yeah. his birthday. Yeah. He doesn't want that shit. So he says to Samantha, get rid of her. <laughs> she's so bad. And they basically edge her off the bed and she lands on the floor. But Which yeah. is not a nice way to treat anyone. No. So it's not a great example of how to do a threesome. No, but, it's not. But okay. And, but there's a the thing, like, again, this series gets so close with so many things. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, and also you and I have talked about what a horrible idea it is to like, have a threesome for a birthday like it's i mean not a surprise anyway right yes (laughs) and then what happens like he can never eat at that restaurant ever again Well, yeah and and also how is she gonna feel how's the hostess gonna feel being treated like that yeah i mean she was kind of a brat she was a brat but but she's still a human being but that doesn't stop her from from being hurt or offended by this exactly special guest stars should be treated like special guest stars. Oh, I like that. Mm-hmm. So the season closes. All right. Carrie's heart is broken once again. Mm-hmm. But she does have her apartment. Right. She doesn't have Aiden. Nope. That ship has sailed, sunk, has barnacles on it. Okay. Thankfully, because I was not a fan of Aiden. You well, know you know, and, and you know, until the second movie. Carrie goes to see Big to visit him. I can't. It's like. You know, it's fall and I'm feeling restless and I want to get fucked. And so I'm going to go over to my good friend Big's house. And she sees his apartment all packed up. Right. And he tells her that he's moving to Napa. Yeah, he bought a vineyard. He bought a vineyard and he's going to move to Napa. And she's like, what do you mean? Like, New York. And he's like, I'm tired of New York. And she's like, if you're tired, you take a Napa. You don't move to Napa. (laughs) (laughs) It's like Carrie Carrie Bradshaw with the dad jokes. Like, is. When were you going to tell me? I'm telling you now. I'm telling you right now. Yeah. But that's that. I'm sorry, but that's a man thing. Yeah. I'm telling you. 
And so she she wants to give him like this perfect New York send off, and she wrings her hands about, do I have sex with him before he leaves right. or not? For me, that's a no brainer. Have sex? Absolutely. <laughs> I want my invite to the vineyard, bitch. <laughs> You blow his mind and send him off to Napa. Mm-hmm. You're getting that plane. T- and in fact, he does leave her a plane ticket. Yep. To go to Napa. And she doesn't get a chance to fuck him, though, because. Because what? Miranda goes into labor. Ah, uh, yeah. And big in fine form pays the they're in a they're in a horse-drawn carriage in Central Park. And he pays the driver to go. Yeah. And gallop. Like out of Central Park to out the hospital, of Central Park which to he's the not hospital. allowed to do. No, but it's but I mean that's classic big style though. Right? You know what I mean? Yeah. I fucking love that about him. <laughs> I love that character where he's like, I can't do that. And it's like, sure you can for this much money you can. And he's like, yeah, and like takes them to the to the hospital. Miranda gives birth to Brady, little baby Brady. What's Steve's last name? Brady. So the baby is Brady Brady. Brady Brady. <laughs> The baby... Or does the baby take Miranda's last name? Yes. So as of right now, they're not together. They're just (laughs) co-parenting. And this was the thing. When she tells Steve, like, I'm pregnant, and he was like, what the fuck? And she's like, there's nothing you need to do. Like, we're not together. It's not like you're going to see me with this baby, and you're going to think that you love me, but you don't. Like, we're a disaster, right? And he's like, well, can I visit? And it's like, you don't visit your own child, but okay. But <laughs> Well, she's making it sound like he's going to have nothing to do with the baby. So that's why yeah, he's which, asking. Which, you know what? I feel I have more strong feelings about that than like the whole termination thing. Mm. Like if you've decided you're going to have that baby and you're not in an abusive situation with that, with the father of that baby, why wouldn't you co-parent? Right. Well, you know? because it means you have to be around them. Yeah, but he has the right. That's his baby too. It is. And he's sweet. Well, Steve is sweet. Steve is sweet. Not everybody's sweet. Not everybody's sweet. No, I get that. But, you know, so Samantha suspects that Richard is cheating on her. Mm -hmm. And right at the end of the season, she catches him at his apartment in the middle of the day eating another woman's pussy. Oh, shit. And that is where we leave it. That's where it ends. Carrie's on her own again. Miranda has a baby. Charlotte is trying to pick up the pieces after her divorce and Samantha Seems. Samantha has a broken heart for for you know only the second time I think in the series yeah. like her heart broke after you know James's little dick and now she's having problems with another dick yep Richard <laughs> dick right <laughs> So anything you'd like to say before we No I think I think we've covered it Yeah we have I mean, a lot happens in this season, and yes. I like it. I like, I mean, I think after sort of the, the, the heartbreak that is season three, like mm-hmm. season three is a fucking dumpster fire. Yeah, I think season four, even given all this stuff, I still feel like it has more of an optimistic tone to it than season yeah. three does. Yeah. And then season five is the shortest season episode-wise. Because Sarah Jessica Parker gets pregnant. Right. So that will be a shorter episode. You're welcome. <laughs> well i hope everybody enjoyed this we'll see you in two weeks with something non-sex in the city related yes all right thanks for listening Bye. bye